sure if I'm ready to come up here yet. Uh, just having too good a time worshiping the Lord. Amen? I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles this morning as we get started to Acts chapter 2. Uh, as we look into God's Word today, I just want to read a few verses to you to get going. And, and uh, i tell you what, I want to ask you to stand again in reverence of God's Word as we read it this morning. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. May God receive the glory from His Word this morning. May we understand what God's plan is from His Word this morning. And may He be glorified. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning for the privilege of being able to come and celebrate such a marvelous day in Your name. God, You have blessed us with this church. You have blessed us with the body of believers that meets here regularly. God, that we come together because we love one another. We come together because we love you. And Father, I pray that as we have gathered together one more time today, and Lord, we may not ever get to meet again, but Father, we pray that as we have met here today, as we have come here today, Lord God, may we take full advantage of what you have given to us, what you have blessed us with, Lord, and may we be obedient to your word. And Father, I want to thank you for the privilege of being able to have a day of celebration like this that we can uh, be reminded... Lord God, of how you have blessed us with being the body of Christ. Father, we thank you, first of all, for Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our King. We thank you, Father, for his redemption. We thank you for the very salvation that we have, that we count upon, that we uh, proclaim, that we know is our promise, that we have experienced, Lord. We're very thankful. God, may you today come and remind us, Lord God, that you are on your throne and that you have a place for us. God, you have a design for us. That you have laid out the church to be your representatives. God, again, may you receive all the glory. Pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Today's going to be a little bit different because it's, it's a, a different day. Amen? Yes. We're talking about Church Covenant Day, and, and many of you in here have been members of our church for a long time. You have established the relationship, the brotherhood, the fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. As a matter of fact, uh, who is, who's been here the longest? Utana, Judy, uh, Brother Charles, is it Lorraine, those four. Would you guys stand up for just a minute? Miss Emily? Y'all can go ahead and stand up. It's okay. How, how, long have, how long have y'all been here? The Knights? Since 1960. That was the beginning, correct? Miss Judy? Well, you and I both were from the very, very beginning from First Baptist when it came in this church over here. And then Charles and Lorraine came before we were... Uh, what's not dedicated. What's the word? Commission? 
Okay. We did the, before the church was established. All right. Wonderful. Miss Emily, how long have you been here? Since 92. Fantastic. Okay, guys, give the Lord a hand because of their dedication to our church. There is a great amount of dedication that, that has taken place since 1960 for the vision, for the direction of Robertson Avenue Baptist Church, for the purpose of Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. And we are part of the carry-on of what Robertson Avenue Baptist Church is doing. Uh, none of us are going to be here for the rest of our lives. Well... Let me rephrase that. None of us are going to be here for an eternity. Church may last a lot longer than we are. How about that? Okay? And so as we know that God has brought us here for this time and this season, there's no doubt in my mind that God is uh, showing us and impressing upon us as a church that we need to be committed to the things that He has blessed us with. And God has blessed us with the church. How many of you feel blessed as a church member? Amen. We feel blessed as church members because of who we are and because of, of what we stand for. Uh, our mission statement here at our church, does anybody know what it is? If you do, go ahead and shout it out. I know some of our ministry team should. Leading families to a loving Savior. Let's all say that together. Leading families to a loving Savior. It's a very simple statement, but the fact is, it is the mission of our church. It's part of the vision of what God is doing here and, and it is a greater vision than just these walls. Amen? It is a greater vision than just these walls. It's even greater than Copper's Cove. It's greater than the Fort Hood Clean area. It's greater than Texas. It is worldwide leading families to a loving Savior. We have some core values here at our church, and I'd like to share them with you real quick. As we go throughout the service today, I want you to be reminded uh, of the, the essentials of these core values and how we... we develop the, the, the programs, the direction of the church based on these core values. Uh, they, they, what we do here is encompassed by these core values. The first one is that we are biblically based. Amen? We are biblically based. Robertson Avenue Baptist Church will stand on the biblical inerrancy as the foundation upon which we will be accountable to and be driven by as a church to represent the truth of God. We are biblically based. The second core value is we are integrity-minded. Robertson Avenue Baptist Church will at all costs represent holiness and righteousness, striving to be above reproach in every decision that is made. Our integrity should also be reflected in our commitment to faithfully tithe and to give above and beyond the tithe in offerings as God leads us to being faithful to the church. The third core value is family-centered. Amen? Leading families to a loving Savior. Family-centered, Robertson Avenue Baptist Church promotes family values as given from God's Word as the principles in which we live by. We desire to represent the biblical definition of marriage and spiritual leadership in the home. Amen? Love connected. Robertson Avenue Baptist Church will seek to represent the same love that has been shared with us through Jesus Christ and to connect others to the salvation that we declare. We will love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and as well Love our neighbors as ourselves. We are missionally driven. Robertson Avenue Baptist Church will look for any opportunity that God opens up as an opportunity to serve and reach out to our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Our mission emphasis will be to evangelize, serve, and love all people with intentionally, uh, we intentionally come into contact with locally and globally. And then finally, we are kingdom-focused. Amen? We're not just about Robertson Avenue. We are kingdom-focused. 
Robertson Avenue will intentionally look beyond our walls to come alongside other churches of like-mindedness, organizations that serve to build the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ and mission opportunities to partner with and unite as one army for the Lord's work. Now, those are our core values, and we try to build around those core values everything that we do because they are centered around the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's the way it should be. Amen? On the wall over here, our youth. uh, How many of our youth participated in this this past Wednesday? Our youth drew out or wrote out the church covenant that is for all of our members to sign. And you may have had a chance to read it. Maybe you've been looking over there throughout the morning getting a view of what it says. But you notice there's a bunch of names on that. And you know what those names represent? Those names represent, represent the support of what God is doing in this church. The support of commitment, the support of membership, the support of, of love between brothers and sisters in Christ. And so as we have that church covenant over there, we wanted you to see it in person. We're going to have a table in the back later on for those of you who are members of our church that you would like to sign that church covenant as a part of your commitment, as a part of your dedication in serving the Lord Jesus Christ right here in this place, this time, in this season at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. As we move towards talking about church membership this morning, uh, like I said, we have a lot of people that, are, that have been members here for a long time. Some of you are like me, and you haven't been here a long time. We've been here four and a half years. And so you think, well, what's in it for me? What's, what's new for me? What can I learn from this? I'll tell you, those, those folks that stood up a little bit ago who've been here since 1960 and 61, 92, those are who we can learn from. That's who we can learn about commitment and dedication from because of their love for this church, their love for the people of God, their love for the lost. This church would not be here if they didn't have a love for lost people. Amen? This church would not be here if the love for people who walk through those doors was not ever shared. This church would not be here. And so we had the foundation of that, that establishment through, through our, our members who have been here a long time for those of us who have been here a shorter time. And we can grow and we can learn to reflect upon what we gain and what we glean from our senior members. A lot of people will discount church membership for various reasons. But what I want you to see this morning is the basically a biblical account of church membership. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. This is a scripture we're going to be in, but we're going to also dance around and look at some other verses this morning. But primarily, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is what I want you to see and is what is a driving force to what church membership is all about. This morning, I hope you see the importance of commitment. I hope you see the importance of family and the importance of, of accountability. You know, whenever Jesus was walking this earth and whenever he was talking to people, he was his disciples, he was talking to those who, who had a desire maybe to follow him. There were things that he demanded, amen? Because he demanded, he demanded commitment. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That is a commitment. And he demanded that kind of commitment. He demanded and he challenged them to, to follow him to be a part of his mission to come alongside as a, as a family would do to work together as the body of Christ. 
And then he also would challenge them to live a life worthy of that call, and that is a great accountability as well. This church covenant that we are asking you to sign as members is nothing more than uh, uh, you saying, I agree with what God's Word teaches. It is a faith commitment. It is a trust document that identifies that we love our church and that we want to see God use it all for His glory. For God to use me, for God to use you for His glory. That's what a covenant is. That's what a commitment is between us and God, us and one another. Let me read to you our covenant. And what I'd like to do, I'm going to ask one of our youth. Tatiana, where are you? If you would, Tatiana, I want you to go over there to our, our church covenant. And I'm going to ask that you uh, write out some scripture. All you have to do is write out the, where the scripture is in reference to our church covenant chapter by chapter or group by group here. Robertson Avenue Baptist Church, Church Covenant, the Statement of Acceptance of the Robertson Avenue Baptist Church Membership Covenant. I have been led, very first chapter there, I have been led, or having been led, I, Jody Jones, believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior and on the profession of my faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, I do now in the presence of God and these witnesses most solemnly and joyfully affix my signature and enter into covenant with this church as one body in Christ on this 17th day of February 2013. Folks, Psalm 37, verse 5. That's what you can write, Tatiana. Psalm 37, verse 5. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Commit. Commit your way to the Lord. Not just Sunday mornings. Not just part-time as a Christian. But commit your way to the Lord. That church covenant is a commitment that God is asking of us. To commit to one another. To commit to the ongoing ministries of Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Amen? To commit to loving our neighbor as ourselves. To commit to reaching out to our community through the, through the financial abilities and the, the, uh, the drive of evangelism through our church. To participate Commit your way to the Lord. Next, I engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, to walk together in Christian love, to strive for advancement of the Robertson Avenue Baptist Church in knowledge, holiness, and comfort, to promote its prosperity and spirituality, to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines, to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of ministry, the expenses of the church, and the relief of the poor, and the spreading of the gospel through all nations. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul was, was sharing with Timothy, a young minister in, in the gospel. He says, do the works of an evangelist. He starts off in verse 2, he says, preach the word. But then later on he says, do the works of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. That is a requirement here at the church in a sense that we as members take on a covenant and a commitment to do everything that we can for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? How many of you want to live for Jesus every day? Amen. We want to live for Jesus every day, so why not commit to live for Jesus every day and then put it into action? The next paragraph, I believe God ordained the family as the foundational institution 
of human society. It is composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood, or adoption. I believe marriage is the uniting of one man and one woman in covenant commitment for a lifetime. This, the, the husband and wife are of equal worth before God since, before, or since both are created in God's image. It is God's unique gift to reveal the union between Christ and His church and to provide for the, for the man and the woman in marriage, the framework for intimate companionship, the only legitimate and acceptable channel of sexual expression according to the biblical standards and the means for procreation of the human race. Go back to the beginning. First book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It says, A man will leave his mother and his father and unite with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. See, that's the standard. That is the foundation upon which is in our covenant. How many of you believe in that? Amen? I think we deserve a heartier amen than that. How many of you believe in that? Amen. The marriage relationship models the way God relates to His people. A husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. He has the God-given responsibility to provide for her, to protect, and to lead his family. A wife is to submit herself graciously to the servant leadership of her husband, even as the church willingly submits to the headship of Christ. She, being in the image of God, as is her husband, and thus equal to him, has the God-given responsibility to respect her husband and to serve as his helper in managing the household and nurturing the next generation. If you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, you don't have to do that, but that's where it is. Ephesians chapter 5. You can say Ephesians 5, verse 22 through 33, and it describes exactly what that paragraph says. The next one. I believe children from the moment of conception are a blessing and a heritage from the Lord. Parents are to demonstrate to their children God's pattern for marriage. Parents are to teach their children spiritual and moral values and to lead them through consistent lifestyle example and loving discipline, to make choices based on biblical truth. Children are to honor and obey their parents. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. God said, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you power of God's Word. Next, I engage to maintain family devotions, to religiously educate my children, to seek the salvation of my kindred and acquaintances, to walk circumspectly in the world, to be just in my dealings, faithful in my engagements, and exemplary in my deportment, to avoid all tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger, to be zealous in my efforts to advance the kingdom of my Savior. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. Paul said, I have become all things to all men so that I might win some. Did you get that? All things to all men. Parents, you are to be parents to your children and teach them God's Word. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to embrace the world, love the world with the love of Jesus Christ, and teach them the ways of God. Being faithful. Being true. Being committed. Next, 
I further engage to watch over one another in brotherly love, to remember one another in prayer, to aid one another in sickness and distress, to cultivate Christian sympathy in feeling and Christian courtesy in speech, to be slow to take offense but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the teachings of Jesus Christ. Matthew 19, verse 19. Simply put, love your neighbor as yourself. Love conquers all things. Love overcomes the distractions. Love overcomes the offense. Love abounds whenever you use it according to God's plan. Love is real. Love is powerful. Love is learned when we learn to love our neighbor as ourselves. Finally, I I moreover engage that when I remove from this place, I will as soon as possible unite with another church of like faith and practice where I can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's Word. Hebrews 10.25 Do not forsake the fellowship of believers as some are in the habit of doing. Don't do it. Stay in God's house. Stay with God's people. Learn what God has planned for each and every one of us. If you haven't had a chance, thank you, Tatiana, for doing that. If you haven't had a chance to sign our board, we want to encourage you to do that because each year I would like to bring that church covenant out and remind ourselves of what what, what church membership and what covenant is all about, what commitment is all about. In the Lord. It's very important that we understand that God has a unique design and a unique plan for the church. Amen? So, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to make reference to this, Acts chapter 2, the church grew uh, exponentially. 3,000 people were added to the church in one day. And so we see that, and, and I'll be honest with you, I've always longed to, to have that happen in our church. I don't know if we can handle 3,000 people, but it, wouldn't it be great to, to see just a, a mass group of people come forward and unite with this church, giving their lives to Christ, uh, filling up the baptistry and just spending all day in there. Amen? That'd be a great thing, and that'd be something we would long for. And let me tell you something. God can do it. God can absolutely do it if we are the body of Christ, if we are representing Him well. And that's what Robertson Avenue Baptist Church has been charged to do, is to represent the King well. Again, the church grew from about 50 people to about 3,000 people in one day. And then in verse 47 of Acts chapter 2, it says the Lord added to their numbers daily. Now, what you're going to see today is that the church was not designed, and listen to me, the church was not designed to be a universal worldwide church, even though we are, okay? I have a brother in Christ on the other side of the world right now. Probably Well, he's probably not preaching because it's not the same time over there. But he's a brother of Christ of mine. He's on the other side of the world. Okay, He's a part of the whole church. But God designed the church, the ecclesia, there's a Greek word, the ecclesia, the church, to be a unit, to be a body, to be a local group of believers coming together to serve God. That's what God designed the church to be. If the church were designed to be a whole world church, a whole universe of a church, 
then where will we find our leadership? In pastoral care. In evangelism. Where will we find our leadership? In servanthood. God designed the local church to function as the local church, as the body of Christ, as a, a network, serving together, working together, loving together, praying together, meeting each other's needs, and so on. I don't know what's going on around the world. I know there's some needy people on the other side of the world. But I'm not there firsthand to see what's going on. But you know what? There are needy people right here in Copper's Cove. And I see it every day. I see it every day. Some of you have needs. And we have the opportunity to meet those needs. And so we do that as a local church. Being a part of a local church allows us to get intimate with God's true design as the church. I heard a pastor in Alabama say, Biblical followers of Christ are not lone rangers. Biblical followers of Christ are not lone rangers. They're not just attenders. They're not independent, self-sustaining followers of Christ. They are part of the body of Christ. Now here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, which is a a city of southern Greece, about being the church body. And again, we talked about that word ekklesia. Ekklesia. Hopefully you can say that word. Ekklesia. It means an assembly, a religious gathering, or in this case, a body of believers in Jesus Christ. Robertson Avenue Baptist Church is an ekklesia. We are the church. Not this building. Amen? Not this building, but we as the body of Christ, we as the people of God are the ecclesia of God. We are the church of God. Pick it up in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the last verse we were going to look at, but we're going to start there at that verse. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. How many of you are glad to be a part of the body of Christ? You're excited about being a part of the body of Christ because there's a sense of belonging and there's a sense of understanding what's going on. I talk to to many of you from time to time. Maybe you've been out for several weeks. Maybe you've been uh, overseas. Maybe some of you are as our soldiers been overseas and you come back and you say, man, the things have changed around here. And as you know, things change quite rapidly here in this church. And so it's good to be reconnected. It's good to be uh, immersed back into the opportunity to serve the Lord. It may have a different look, but the fact is we have the same mission that God has called us to, the ecclesia, the body of Christ. We are that body, the body of Christ. That same body is being described uh, by Paul here in the, to the church at Corinth. And I want you to see that that the book of Corinthians was written to the church at Corinth, a specific body of Christ, an ecclesia. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, Paul said this, it was, it was he who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The reason why I can say that church membership is biblical is because God prepares leadership to lead God's people. I can't be a pastor to someone down in Guatemala. As a matter of fact, let me ask you this. If we were to contact the churches that we have a connection with in Guatemala, and if you don't know, we've had several trips down to Guatemala, and we've established some great relationships with the pastors and the churches down there. But what if we came up with this great idea that we were going to have a simulcast? I connect with the pastors down there, and we're all connected, and I say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to simulcast our services to all of the churches there in Guatemala. And then the next Sunday, y'all are going to do the same for us. 
Now, how many of you think that would work? Now, if you speak Spanish and English, it might work. But I don't do that. I don't, I don't speak Spanish. And so how effective is that going to be? That's why the, the essence of the local church is necessary. To teach, to preach, to develop, to grow as a church, to equip and send people out. Uh, you know, one of the things that when people ask me what we do here at our church who aren't from this area, I say, well, we have a really short time to do anything with everybody. But what we do do is we try to equip them to go and be missionaries and to be servants at the next place that they go. And I hope that we're doing an effective job in doing that, knowing that God has called us to equip the laborers to go into the fields and to the harvest. We are the body of Christ. We are the ecclesia described as a local body. Let me pick it up in verse 12 here now, in chapter 12. It says, The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though it is, all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Are you listening to me? It would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. There are three basic points I want to bring out real quick. Number one, belonging to the body. Belonging to the body. Know that I belong to Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. I belong to the body of Christ. I belong to my brother and to my sister in Christ. I'm a part of that. We see evidence of that through the Scriptures. Acts chapter 11, verse 22, talks about the church at Jerusalem and how that church was a body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2, we see the address to the church at Corinth, and we've already talked about that. In Romans 16, uh, verse 3 through 5, it talked about the church that was in uh, Priscilla and Aquila's house, a local body of Christ, an ecclesia in the Lord. We belong to the church, amen? We were created and we were saved to be the church. The second point is 
being accountable to the body. We talked about belonging to the body. Now we must be accountable to the body. And there's two parts of accountability. The leadership accountability. I'm accountable to you as your pastor. Our deacons are accountable to you as your servants. Our staff is accountable to you to give and to lead according to God's Spirit. We have an accountability. There's a lot of Scripture. Hebrews 13, 17 talks about us as His leaders. Obey our leaders. It says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage, no advantage to you. Now, a pastor cannot be responsible for the global church. Amen? As a pastor, I can't be responsible for what's going on in Guatemala. I can't. As a pastor, I can't be responsible for the church in India that's, that's starting their service right now. I can't. I can't be in two places at one time. That's the essence of the local church. In Acts chapter, two, chapter 20, I'm sorry, Luke writes that Paul addresses the local pastors to be shepherds of the church. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter addresses the elders of the church to protect it and to serve the church. Now, to be a part of the local church, it is important for us to, to understand the accountability we have to the local church. As a pastor, my accountability to you. But there's another part of that accountability, and that is the membership accountability. You being accountable to me. You being accountable to God. You being accountable to this church. In Acts chapter 6, the church was growing so fast that some of the ministries were being overlooked and neglected. So they elected more servants from within the local body of believers to serve. Now, if there, are no, if there is no accountability in the membership, who is going to be called on to serve? You had a committed base of new believers, by the way, in Acts chapter 6, who stepped up to the plate, or who were able to be called upon. Let's say our church didn't have any membership. We just decided whoever comes, comes. How could I ask somebody who is not showing any kind of commitment in membership to serve in leadership in the church? You can't do it. I wouldn't feel good about it. But when I see somebody come and unite with our church, they may be a new Christian of two or three years. They may be a Christian for 30, 40 years. But I see them commit and unite with the church. And I see you here coming to church and participating and sharing your faith with Christ, in Christ, with other people. Then you're going to be the first person I ask to step up and to meet the needs of the local body of Christ. It's important that we understand the commitment that we have, not only in leadership, accountability, but the church body Accountability. The third point is embracing the mission of the body of Christ, embracing the mission of the church. Let me ask you, what is the mission of the body of Christ? Can somebody tell me? What is the mission of the body of Christ? Share the gospel. Bring glory to God, Tyler. Bring people to Christ. See, it's that simple. Embracing. Embracing the mission of the body of Christ. Being obedient to His plan and to His will. Look in verse 27 again. It says, Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. See, being a part of the body of Christ means participating in the overall work of the church. The church should never be an audience of spectators. 
We should be a fellowship of disciple makers. One body with one mission. Folks, there are too many lost people in the world. There are too many lost people in our community for us to be playing church. For us to be dancing around. Going to this church this week and this church next week. I understand when you're searching for a church, it may take some some time to look for a church and identify this is the church that God wants me to be, to serve at. But to commit and say that's the church God has called me to. This is the church I'm most comfortable in. This is the church that God is feeding me the most in. This is the church that that I can embrace, that I, I love the people. This is where God is moving. What's wrong with taking the next step and saying this is the church I'm committed instead of being a spectator. As a matter of fact, some of you have been visiting for a long time. For years, you're in that visitation category. But yet you serve in the church. Every time we have missions, you're there, you're on board, you're embracing it. Can I challenge you this morning to look at God's Word and to see that membership is relevant? That what we looked at in our church covenant is all biblically based. Somebody asked me outside of our church, why would you have a church covenant for people to sign? I said, why not? Why not? It lets me know what I stand for as a church. Anybody that that comes to me and asks me and says, what does Robertson Avenue Baptist Church stand for? I can show them that covenant and say, this is what we stand for. This is what I believe. It's all found in the Word of God. One body with one mission. Matthew 4, verse 19, and we're going to wrap it up with this. Jesus said, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come to me and be saved. Come to me and be used for His glory. That's what Jesus is saying. See, that's the role of the church. He saved us to use us. He saved us to send us. That's the purpose of the ecclesia, the purpose of the church, the purpose of church membership, the the purpose of belonging to the body, the purpose of being accountable to the body, the purpose of of embracing the mission of the body. That is the covenant. That is a biblical mandate from God. And guess what? Your signature counts. Your signature counts. It shows that you belong. And as our youth might say, it declares that you are in the game. Now, our services, I know it's been a little odd, a little different from, from normal. It is for me. Because I'm usually just driving straight into the Word and not, not reading things and explaining things. But, but I'll say this, church membership is vitally important. Commitment, accountability, seeking God, knowing that, that we're in the place that God wants us to be. I think about the Knights and Judy and Miss Yutana who've been here for so long, committed, serving God in this place, loving God, loving the people that come here. And I think how awesome it would be to be in a place so long that you know God has you here. You're committed to that. You're confident in that. Not everybody has the privilege of doing that here in the military town. But I'll say this. Don't 
wait for the next place. I've had soldiers come to me and say, Well, Brother Jody, we don't want to commit. We're going to join, but we don't want to commit to doing anything because we're only going to be here a couple of years and we hate to, to get started on something and then just have to move on. Listen, don't wait. The time is now. Tomorrow is not promised. The time is now. Today is the day of salvation. We know that. The time is now. The day, today is the day that God has called us to serve and to be faithful and to be committed. Now, I want to challenge you this morning. We're going to have a different kind of invitation. First of all, when we have an invitation, it is to invite you to come into a relationship with Christ if you do not know Christ. Also, we invite you to come and unite with the church. We invite you to come if you have any needs to pray for. This morning, we're going to do things a little bit different because this is what we need. The Spirit is leading me right now. This is what we need. We need to pray for our church. We need to pray for the membership of our church. There may be people in here who are committed coming to this church. They've been coming here for a long time, but they have not made the commitment of joining the church. Pray. Pray that God would lead them. And listen, I, I don't want to do anything to persuade anyone to join the church based on what I'm saying. Join the church based on what God is doing. What God is doing in your life. What God is calling you to do. So I'm going to ask that, uh, that Monica would come and... She's going to be playing for this invitation. I'm going to ask if you would stand. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask if you would, would you come to the altar and pray for your church? Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for the leadership of this church. Pray for the ecclesia, the church, the body of Christ, the local church. And pray for the mission that God has called us to. Can we be faithful to do that? As I am praying, I'm going to pray here in just a moment. As I am praying, would you come? Would you come to the altar and lift up this church into the Lord to be the church body of Christ? Father God, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, so much for your, your deep love for us as a body. I thank you, God, that you have planted us right here on this corner, on this piece of property, Lord, to do your work. And Father, I pray that we would be faithful as a church to do the work you called us to do. God, that we would be committed as members of this body of Christ to love you and to give everything that we have, Lord, unto you. That we would guard and protect the fellowship of this body of believers. God, that we would maintain the course that you have laid out for us according to your perfect will. God, I pray that we would set a standard of holiness and righteousness, Lord, that, that rings loud and, and pure and clean to our community. Father, I pray that we would be committed to being the families that you've called us to be. That we would be committed to teaching our children how to honor and love you. How to follow you. That we would be committed as men and women of the Word to teach sexual purity, to teach how God has designed the family to be. God, I pray that we as a church would be faithful to commit and give to support the local ministries of this church through our tithes and our offerings. God, I pray that we as a church would commit to sharing the love of Jesus Christ with our neighbors, with our other family members, whoever you bring across our path. God, that we as a church would commit to be the body of Christ. We would commit
commit to being the ecclesia. Oh, Lord, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for our time, Lord, and thank you for our church. Thank you, Lord God, that we can rely deeply upon you, oh, Lord. And, Father, I pray that you would move in our hearts, that you would stir us, Lord. We would be the church you want us to be. challenge out to you. If you are here this morning, God is leading you to join the church. Would you come? Would you come? You can join by giving your life to Christ to start with. If you've never given your life to Jesus, that's the first step. You can join by being baptized. If you've never been baptized in the Lord because you believe in Jesus Christ but you've never followed it up in baptism, you can join that way. You can join by, by a letter from another church. You can join by a statement that says, I belong here. This is where God has called me to be. Would you come? Would you unite with the church if God is leading you to do so? Again, let God lead you.